Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk, everyone. I'm I'm really thrilled to speak to this gentleman today. He wrote a book called The Kidney Donor's Journey, 100 Questions I Asked Before Donating My Kidney. And when I, I looked at the book and I thought of all the different aspects, he thought of every little element before he donated his kidney. And I'm so pleased to have Ari Sittner. He's with us on the phone. Hi, Ari. How are you? Hello. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. So, you know, you're a hero. You basically donated a kidney and helped save somebody life, somebody, you know, who had to rely on a dialysis machine. And so, you know, why did why did you decide to donate a kidney, and here's the kicker, everyone, to a complete stranger? So, I, I got to tell you, the, hearing the word hero is a difficult one for me because I don't see my kidney donation, per se, as being heroic, although everyone tells me that it is. For me... I viewed it as a gift that I have within me. I have an opportunity. I can save somebody's life. I can do good for somebody else. And throughout my life, ingrained within me from early childhood, I saw if there's an opportunity to hold the door open for the person behind me, of course I'm going to do that because I care about helping other people. I care about kindness. It's something that I value and I want to be able to do for others. The kidney donation is an ultimate expression of that, but it comes from a place deep within me, and I honestly feel that if I were standing at a lake and I saw someone who was drowning, would I be able to just look away? And I think for a lot of people who haven't ever thought about kidney donation, it's not because they don't want to save a life, it's because they just haven't yet noticed that there are people who are drowning. And once we can stop and acknowledge that people need help, is there a lifeline that I can throw to another person to not only save the individual, the patient, the person who is in need, but by extension, touch so many countless lives who are also uh, entrenched and encompassed within that person's own life. So when did you come to the conclusion? Can I ask how old you are? Was there a specific moment that you're like, I'm going to look for somebody who needs a kidney? Well, that's a great question. In my mid-30s, just about five years ago, I decided one day that I um, <laughs> I wasn't looking to donate a kidney. Let's, let's start off there. <laughs> I was a rabbi of a community, a wonderful congregation in Charleston, South Carolina, and I thought it would be really cool to start teaching some topics and classes that are a little more cutting edge, less traditional, and I began teaching a series of medical ethics classes. So this related to things like organ donation, stem cell research, and Dozens and dozens of people were lining up to come to these classes, and they're really exciting. And I remember when I completed the class on kidney donation, I looked out at my congregation, and I said, folks, I said, it is a wonderful thing for a person to save a life and donate a kidney. This is after going through hours of source material and ethical conflicts, but my conclusion was, go for it. And I remember coming home that night, and I looked in the mirror, and I felt like such a hypocrite. Because there I was telling everybody else what a wonderful thing it is that I myself would never do that because, of course, donating a kidney is a ridiculously crazy thing for a person to do, especially to a total stranger. And that was the moment 
that began my journey. When I realized that if I was not going to donate a kidney, it wasn't going to be because I was ignoring the plight of other people. It was going to be because I researched it, I understood it, and I made a conscious decision based on certain factors that would say, hey, that's why I can't donate a kidney or that's why I'm going to hold off until later. And that, for me, I needed that starting point that led me down that road of a 100 questions that I continued to ask. Well, when you talk about donation, most people talk about deceased donation. And, you know, it's important to make your family aware of your wishes. You can go to different websites and make sure that it's in your record if something were to happen to you and you're no longer, you know, basically you're on life support or something happens where you can actually help save another life. But it's an interesting twist because this class that you taught, you you basically brought up about donating a kidney when you're living. And I think that that's, you know, not really discussed. I've been to a lot of meetings and it's mostly discussed about giving the gift of life after you pass away. So, um, you know, maybe that's a trend that will help uh, spark some people across the country to give that a little more thought. So once you made the decision, how did you go about, you know, okay, I, I, I know I want to donate a kidney. Did you talk to your family first? Did you go to the nearest hospital? How did you get yourself engaged to be able to be an active donor? Well, this was, uh, like I said, a really long journey. Um, and to reference your earlier point, we do need to start a trend. Um, there are... Uh, 350 million Americans that um, can learn more about living donation. And I think that, you know, with 100,000 people at the moment waiting for a kidney, it, it would be, in theory, so easy to just wipe that list clean if a fraction of the population just started uh, to become educated to learn about kidney donation. And living donation, from what I understand from a medical perspective, is, is far better than uh, getting a kidney from a cadaver. Um, and there are so many people that uh, that could potentially step up. Um, but the, I think the biggest challenge, and I'll, I'll circle back to your, your question in a moment, the biggest challenge is for people who are in need of a kidney, um, often transplant centers will say to them, go speak to your family, speak to your friends, see who might be willing to donate. And I've heard from so many people in that position who have told me, Ari, I can't do it. I can't turn to my sister who has her own family or my brother who has his own kids and and say, hey, by the way, can you give me your kidney? Because they, they have their own considerations, and it's just not a fair question, and not, not a fair position to put them in. And they wrestle with that. And for me, knowing what it's like to be in that position of having to struggle, and it is a struggle, and anyone who tries to make the decision overnight should likely be disqualified because it needs to take time to understand the risks that are involved and to take it seriously. My book doesn't try to convince people to donate, but to really help them understand the process, everyone needs to have this, uh, the opportunity um, to really uh, think about what's involved, to engage with, with their family, with children, with neighbors, with parents, with community, with their employer. Um, all of these are, are different factors. And so to be able to say that a person is going to instantly make a decision or be put in that position to, to, to expect an answer, sure, take my kidney, is almost not fair. My book was written with the intention of being able to encourage people, just to ask them differently and say, hey, would you mind um, reading a book instead of would you mind giving me your kidney? Because if they can read the book and understand what it, what it is like to um, go through this process, they might be more inclined then to say, now that I understand it, 
let's explore what's actually involved in a practical way. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I've had four transplants. My first three were deceased donors. And my fourth one, um, my stepsister donated to me. And it was interesting because I think a lot of the people around me are educated about transplantation, just the nature of my job and my, you know, 48 years of living with kidney disease. So I bring a little bit of awareness. But what what happened to me is I just said, yeah, I'm going to need another transplant. And I'm just, you know, it's going to be a difficult one. It's my fourth one. I have a lot of antibodies. And I had over 10 people say, I want to be tested. And I didn't ask them. I just let people be aware that I needed a, a transplant. And and then, you know, I just gave them the number of the, the transplant center. And then I have to remove myself. And then the whole process basically takes place. But I think, you know, going back to it was a little hard because you don't want to be a burden to people. And I certainly understand that of, you know, if you mention to somebody you need a transplant and it's a family member, and then they don't say, well, how can I help? I don't know if I would go to the next level of saying, well, will you give me your kidney? (laughs) I think I would ask them, want them to take the next step and say, well, maybe I could be tested. And so bridging that gap of knowledge to uh, will really help the community because I think that's the gap. And I was just lucky to have a lot of people around me who are very knowledgeable about this subject and just from my life experience. Absolutely. What a blessing. I mean, I've spoken to people even just in the last week or two who have been looking for years, posting ads in the paper, hanging up billboards, going on TV and radio. I mean, they've gotten millions of eyeballs looking at their story and either no one has come forward or no one that was a good match. I mean, you may have hundreds or thousands of people but based on antibodies and blood typing and cross-matching, there are a lot of factors that are important to find the right match. And it's it's a challenge. And there are so many people who are just struggling to try to find someone to come forward. So the fact that you had so many people in your circle, just jumping at the opportunity is really a, a wonderful, wonderful blessing. It is. And, you know, when you said that analogy, because we get all kinds of messages throughout, you know, our Facebook social, so many people, like you said, and it almost reminds me of of that uh, I'm a huge animal advocate and I have like the max for my area, <laughs> four dogs, a cat, and a parrot. And I, you know, I can't watch the animal, uh, like the Sarah McLaughlin video that comes on or the commercial at night where the eyes of an angel and has all these dogs that need homes. And I literally get physically ill when I see it because I want to go out and take save them all but I can only save so many so it's it's interesting because I have to change channel and I'm I'm wondering if we just get a little you know desensitized to the needs of people like we don't really realize you know if everybody went and saved dogs and didn't you know breed them and get puppy that's my that's my <laughs> that's my solution like maybe we could help end this uh, the many animals that are being put down because of it because this, yeah this whole conversation has very little, in my opinion, to do with vital organs, with a little five-ounce kidney. It has a lot to do with society, with, with life, with the type of people we strive to be as a, as a culture, as a community. Mm-hmm. And when, when I look at a person who is in need of a kidney, it's, it's a person. And if we can humanize that and show a face, a story, a mother, children, a community, it, it transforms the entire story. And actually, when I first... Um, learn that with my own recipient, 
was only a couple of months ago, even though the transplant took place five plus years ago. Um, and that was because my recipient, uh, who is a single mom who lives in Israel and she's got three amazing kids, but she, um, she called me up uh, last year and said, look, Ari, my daughter, my oldest daughter is getting married. And she said, I'm sending you a ticket. You're coming to Israel and you're going to stand with us at the ceremony. And wow, I was so that moved. gave me chills. <laughs> and she said, I wouldn't be here if not for you. And we're not having the wedding if you're not here. Wow, it's, and it's amazing. Uh, and I actually stood at the wedding and I saw all these people who lined up to hug me. And said, right. you don't know me. I'm her friend. I'm her coworker. I'm her neighbor. I'm her cousin. I'm her aunt. And all these people whose lives I had no idea that I had impacted. Right. But how empty they would have been without her and how grateful they were to me. And so that's why humanizing the story, giving it a face, uh, is so important because it's not about the kidney. It's about the people. Well, and it's, you know, I had an interesting experience yesterday because I'm, I'm a little vertically challenged. I think I'm shrinking a little bit. I'm like four foot ten or, you know, let's just say four foot ten. We'll keep it at that. But I can't reach things at the top shelf of a grocery store. And I have to like, you know, um, profile people and see who can help me, you know. And it was interesting. I wanted the honey that was on the top shelf. And I went to reach for it and I couldn't. And this guy just came and grabbed it for me. And said, oh, here you go. And I felt so cared about. Like, he was aware of, it's such a simple thing, but I said I felt this immediate connection with humanity. That I'm part of a group of people who look out for each other. And it's such a simple story, but in today's, you know, environment, and I'm not going to make any political statements, a lot of people don't feel cared about and loved. And, you know, just a simple act of kindness, you've made the ultimate act of kindness, can, you know probably made him feel good because he helped me and I certainly feel good because I didn't have to see and say oh can you you know I'm like make this big deal over just getting a jar of honey that was not um too complicated so um I feel very moved by your example right there thank you and actually for years I I was uncomfortable talking about being a kidney donor because it was private and I just felt like talking about it meant I was bragging and acting as if I were better than other people and I forced myself to break my silence over the last two or three years to say, if I can use my example, I don't have another kidney to give, but if I can use my example and my story to inspire others to get a jar of honey from the shelf, to open a door for someone in need, you don't have to run into a burning building to be a hero. Just find ways to make our society that much more altruistic and kind and loving will set into motion the type of momentum that will inspire others, and hopefully those will continue to propel others and in some cases, it will save lives through kidney donation. Others, it'll just make another human being feel special. And yes, in our day and age, what the way the world looks today, we need so much more love and kindness to keep ourselves optimistic. It, it's like 100% applause. Uh, one of the questions I have, though, and you answer a lot of them in your book. We don't need to go through them all. But what what did you do as the first step? Because it wasn't like you knew somebody who needed a kidney. So, you know, what? You went to Israel, I just learned, but how did you go about just getting into the loop of of the, you know, transplant and need highway that goes around that, you know, this whole group of like you said, 100,000 people, they're all scattered. How did you get yourself in the mix to learn about it and find an ultimate, you know, place to help? Well, I was completely an outsider to this world. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it. And I spent several months... Um, 
just Googling and scaring myself by reading all sorts of statistics and stories. And I wanted to read the good and I wanted to read the bad. I wanted to be just as well educated as possible. And for months, I did this in isolation, in silence. I hadn't told my wife or my kids or my parents or anyone that I was even thinking about it. Because honestly, I wasn't sure it was something I wanted to do. And once I got to the point where I realized, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to at least explore because for all I knew, I wouldn't be a good match. So why should I agonize over something until I know whether I'm a candidate for donation? So I was willing to take that first step. I wanted to maybe explore. Um, am I a good candidate? How do I get tested? And I found within my own community, there was a person who was a volunteer who helped spread kidney awareness. And I had a simple conversation, and she said, I'm happy to put you in touch with one of the transplant centers. And from there, we just started making more and more contacts um, until I was eventually matched with this woman from Israel who came to New York, where we met up and had the transplant surgery, surgery in New York. Wow. That's just that's word of just mouth incredible. is a very powerful thing. It, well, it's just, you know, I... I love to do different projects, and the real key is if you want to learn anything, just find somebody who likes it. And then, you know, we're six degrees of separation from everybody who has all the knowledge in the world about a topic. So it's, uh, I think Kevin Bacon said that, right? <laughs> six degree separation. So it's just, you know, being active and, and taking on a role. So when you made the decision, you know, I'm really curious, how did your family react? Very mixed. Um, the first level of conversation I had to have was, of course, with my wife. And I was quite afraid um, of, of sharing this information because I could, after months of research, I could have given her 10 reasons why I thought it was a bad idea. And I knew that she would be thinking of those same reasons. So I wasn't trying to frame the conversation. And so I said, honey, can we go out to Starbucks? Let's sit somewhere calm. And I want to talk to you about something on my mind. And we sat down and... I decided that I'm going to actually try to make it easy for her. I said, honey, before I tell you why we're here, so let me give you your line, and all you've got to do is repeat it back to me. And I said, here's your line. And she's looking at me like I am nuts. But I said, here's your line. Ari, darling, sweetheart, I love you. You have a very big heart. But this is not a good idea. You've got kids and a job and life, and it's just, it's, it's not good. So let's forget about it. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I said, just remember your line. And then I said to her, I'm thinking about donating a kidney. And she sat back in her chair and she took a deep breath and she said, okay, Ari, sweetheart, darling, I love you. And you have a very big heart. And then she went off script because she said the following, but there are a million steps between wanting to donate a kidney and actually being approved to do so. So why don't you just go through the testing process and if after all that you're approved, then we'll sit down and discuss whether we should actually go through with it. And it was the most brilliant advice she could have given me because now I, not only was were we not uh, arguing about it, but she was helping to propel me forward in a way that was so incredibly supportive. And because I myself hadn't made the decision, I wasn't sure I even wanted to. But I just wanted to know if I had the option. And she helped give me the strength to take those next steps of just going through the testing process, uh, which was which was tremendous. We still weren't sure because my, my parents, I knew, would have their objections. My children would have their objections. And each of those are different layers of stories that um, are really very heartwarming um, and I think also very transformative when you look at the depths of the relationships, the people in your lives and how they matter to you. 
Wow. Your your wife seems extremely smart because I think if she would have reacted like something, it would have, you know, it's, uh, it, my husband's really good about that too. I'm like, I want to, I want to, you know, do this. And it's like a little out there. And he's like, okay, well, why don't we learn about it? You know, like, and it's just about anybody. Um, if you tell somebody no to an idea, they will resent you. <laughs> You'll resent that you didn't hear them out. Ari, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. I mean, I just think we could probably have coffee and chat forever. If you ever, you know, out to L.A., let me know. We'll, we'll go chat about it. It's because, you know, ultimately, and I wrote a book called Chronically Happy, and the secret to happiness, and it's, I did all this research on happiness, right? Like, you know, because it was chronically happy. I had to be chronically happy, damn it, right? So, um, so I, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, the secret to happiness is feeling appreciated. It's impossible to feel unhappy when you feel appreciated. And, you know, hearing your conversation, you don't directly say it, but when you donate a kidney, I mean, you know, the people who receive it appreciate it and you gave them a chance to live the life in a normal way, not to, I was on dialysis 13 years. It's, it's a life-saving mechanism, but it's not as, 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 uh, um, liberating and as fulfilling and as, as having a transplant. I mean, they're both treatment options, but it's a much better quality of life in my opinion. Yeah. And people ask me all the time, I mean, you, you, you've taken such risk and how does it affect your life? I can say that not only physically am I in better health than I've been almost my entire life. Um, because I'm much more mindful now to take care of myself and to treat my remaining kidney with a lot more love. And so I exercise and I drink extra water and I'm just feeling great and living a great life. But emotionally, spiritually, personally, I feel so much more alive. I mean, this is as close as it's going to feel for me to give birth, to give life to another person, to go through that struggle of I'm willing to sacrifice for the greater good of society and for another person. And how amazing does it feel to wake up every day knowing that you were able to give that gift to another person? Wow. Well, the book is called The Kidney Donor's Journey, 100 Questions Asked Before Donating My Kidney. Ari, um, it's available on Amazon, correct? Yes, ma'am. We'll check it out, and I'm going to order a copy, and I think, you know, we need to support people who are in need, and if that's grabbing a jar of honey off the top of the shelf or opening the door or random acts of kindness, uh, it's an ultimate result of, um, is giving a kidney is the ultimate act of kindness, and I think the world's a better place because you're in it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for sharing my story with your listeners. And if I could be of any further help to anyone out there by way of sharing my story, helping to promote their kidney journeys with others, I'm more than happy to do that. I have a website, akidneydonor.com, and I would love the opportunity to just talk to as many people as possible and share my story. Sounds like a great plan. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.